And joining us now on the show is our friend, Dr. Paul Peterson, the superintendent of School District 77. Good morning. Good morning, Karen. It's great to be with you again, and I love coming to chat with you and all, all things schools and kids, and, it's, oh, uh, and here my, we are. My gosh, and you know what's coming up, because I have one. I have a senior, and graduation <laughs> is coming up. Let's talk a little bit about what's going on with that in the schools, because, you know, we had some weird years where the, I don't know, did they graduate online? Did they, what did you guys do during the COVID stuff? Yeah, well, it, it, it's what a, that was one example of just the challenges that, that we've had. So two years ago, um, graduations went virtual. And we were videotaping and contracting with a local producer to have kids walk across the stage with plexiglass. And then we broadcast that on public access and on the radio. And But then last year, you'll remember, the COVID numbers were drastically down, just like they are now. And uh, we had a traditional graduation downtown um, at the Mayo Clinic Health Events or Event Center. And uh, it was the first time that we had been down there after many, many years up at the Taylor Center. And uh, it was fantastic. We had East uh, East starting it off and West wrapping it up that night, and having people spill out into that area right outside of the Civic Center. And it was a it was a great night, beautiful day. Um, and so we're doing that again. And <laughs> so it's going to be at the the Civic Center. That's right. Right now, so are we taking it away from the MSU then, and going to be a regular thing? Do you think because of the space, or what's the kind of the thoughts? You know, so last year we were we went downtown um, because of COVID, and you right. know the the university was um, still implementing its uh, restrictions, which we completely understand. Yeah. We had a really good uh, good experience. It was really large um, space where we were able to spread some people out, sure. and um, so. You know, we thought, well, let's let's try it again. Um, you know, we haven't made any definitive decisions on the future of graduations within Mankato schools, but um, it'll be nice to be there again this year. Um, gets people downtown, and we we heard from a lot of folks who said, you know, after after the uh, ceremony, parents and their kids were going out for dinner. And, oh, wonderful! Um, so that was a it was a great venue. Well, that's great, great to know, and and I feel for those kids who weren't able to have that experience. Two years ago, that uh, and now those students, a lot of them are in the world of work or they're in yeah. college, um, and they've continued to endure, haven't they? Yeah. I mean, through all the different uh, areas, and you know, we hear of what's kind of spitting out in uh, on the East Coast with maybe some upticks in numbers, and yeah. but we're going to do everything we can to land this school year just as in a, in the most regular fashion as possible, and get to summer and and take on whatever the next fall will bring us when it comes to the pandemic. But um, we, d- we do feel like we're hopefully on the other side of this. Let's talk about the graduation rates. How yeah. are things going? Because, you know, we had, the, I don't know if they were really impacted during the COVID. Were they really down or has things, have things changed? Yeah, that's great. Thanks for asking about that. So a couple of weeks ago, the Minnesota Department of Education um, broadcasted or they released the 2021 grad rates um, across the state. And and Minnesota kind of held their own. They dipped a little bit in 21. That was, if you remember back, that was that was the 2021 school year, which was last school year, where kids were in person, they were online, they were hybrid, schools were shut down, they were open. It was kind of any... <laughs> any all over ver- the place. All over yeah. the place. And so Minnesota's numbers were in the low 80s, um, okay. a few percentage, you know, half a percentage point, I think, below um, where they had been the year before. Mankato Area Public Schools, we uh, held our own. We were at 86.3% across our system. During the COVID? During, yep, okay. for the 2021 school year, which we were really proud of, um, basically right in line with where we had been the year before. 
and uh, really is a testament to what our staff was able to do with kids who are all over the place. Sure. Um, and like any good old uh, good old school leaders and school staff members, as they saw those numbers, they were proud and they felt good, but um, they expect those numbers and they want those numbers to be at 100%. And so right. they've, they've already been working this year, of course, throughout uh, to make sure that the class of 2022 they're able to. They're, do we they're, know? I, do we have any inkling? I know because, like, my son's graduating this yeah. year, so they've had to obviously know whether or not they're going to be able to graduate. Hopefully, they pass their classes, like that sort of thing. Are, any ideas what we're going to be setting at? Well, I, I, our our principals are very confident, um, okay. and they're confident because it's our counselors and our teachers who are tracking and talking with kids constantly about what they need. Um, and some kids, <laughs> like every year, they cut it really close. I mean, they go right up. I used to teach high school social studies, oh. 12 seniors. Oh, my. And, and my gosh, the, 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 the risk that some kids would take to get right to the last week of the school year. Oh, my. Um, and they were a senior, and it was a required course, and so they needed the half credit. And, um, and so we'll have some, a, a small handful <laughs> oh, of dear. those kids who will play the that. procrastinators. Totally, totally yeah. play that game. Um, and and freak out their teachers and it'd be exhausting to the administration. But, uh, <laughs> oh, but the goal, regardless of how they get there, the goal is to get every one of them in that robe, walking across that stage. It's a moment that, uh, you never really forget. I mean, it's, it's one of those things and, and both East and West and all, all three East, West and central, the numbers from last year were strong. Um, and we expect those to be the, the same this coming year. Okay. Well, let, let's hope. And I think it's June, <laughs> June 3rd, or is it? See, the I, second. Oh, the second. Yep. Okay, well, well, my son hopefully will be there. My, my, my husband keeps the calendar. He'll know. There you go. He'll tell me where to be and when to go. Well, that's good to know. Now, my husband, as you know, is a chemistry professor here at Minnesota State, and for three weeks recently, he taught at Mankato East High School yes. and sat in for Julie Battern, who was selected to go on an amazing trip to the Antarctic to talk about climate change, et cetera. And we, by the way, had her on the show was it last week, I believe? Yeah. Or was it the week? Anyway, it was recently. And so she talked about that. And so my husband, who teaches teachers how to become science mm-hmm. teachers, had a really uh, eye-opener for him in how kids are different than, I guess, when he initially started learning about how to teach mm-hmm. people to teach. Uh, electronics, a big Huge, huge distraction for kids, and that was one of his big frustrations of going into the classroom. Some of those kids will not put down their phones. Mm-hmm. They can be asked, they can be told, they can be badgered, but they just don't. And some of them are, he, he said he feels like some of them don't necessarily maybe feel they need to be accountable. Mm. What is the school doing, or how are you dealing with that? Because I'm sure, well, I know he's not the only one, because mm-hmm. he's talked to other teachers, too. Th- that's right, and and I think that uh, I mean f- number one, what a great experience for Jeff. Oh yeah, as it's, it's going to teach. It basically opened his eyes to teach his new students, saying, "This is what you're going to have to deal with." Yep. Yeah. Yeah, and and I think that for for folks who are in our colleges and universities, helping people prepare for the profession, it's always helpful for them to s- kind of get the a boots on the ground, real world sense as to what yeah. um, is walking into the classroom, and and over the in, in, every generation says it, but kids change. And the very best of teachers, our master teachers, are the ones who are responding to the changes. Um, the kids aren't going to change; they're coming. They're coming the way that they are. Yep. And um, and for those of us who are old enough, who, who think of teaching as simply standing in front of the room, talking, and, and delivering yep. content, and so take Jeff's background in chemistry. Um, 
Jeff certainly knows, but other people also know that if it was just that, if it was just standing in front of 30 students and talking about the ways of the world and and thinking that students were sitting in rows and columns and just taking notes, uh, boy, the 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 twenty the twenty first century classroom looks very different. Oh, it's yeah. it's content and it's skills and it's the social emotional way that kids are showing up. Not not to even speak to like you mentioned, which is the technology. Right. They've got all the content right in their hands. Yeah. Um, so anything that a teacher is saying, they can look up and hear it that way too. Sure. And so the classroom. Um, but but good teaching is good teaching, and so someone like Jeff knows that it's the enthusiasm that you bring to the and engaging them, engaging yeah. students. Um, students can sniff out um, boredom from a mile away, and even, I mean I used to teach government, um, and so I thought that stuff was just fantastically interesting. Yeah. Um, but you have to think of it in terms of what how, how do you make this relate to a sixteen year old or a seventeen year old, and so you're pulling examples or creating, you know, different scenarios to make it come alive for them. And it's exhausting. I bet he came home at night. He was exhausted. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah. You know, he's the type of uh, pr- college professor where um, I'll hear from students and he's the type he'll jump on top of the desk and, yep. and he'll have these activities to show how electrons move and, and all these crazy things. And and so that's the kind of things those students remember. But it is exhausting. It is exhausting. And it's uh, that sort of excitement. And Jeff would say this too, is you can't fake it. Yeah, because if you right. fake like, oh, I'm super excited about electrons, kids are like, no, you're, you're, not. you're pretending. Yeah. Like you're trying to get us motivated. But someone like him, he genuinely he is. He's excited, yeah. <laughs> and they probably, they probably think of him as kind of weird, but it's kind of cool. Though. And that's the great, the great music teachers have that passion for music. Oh, yeah. The great uh, math teachers, mm-hmm. you know, how numbers work and how yeah. and, and how it um, changes things and science. I mean, all of the content areas. But at the core of all that content has to be a dedication and a love for kids yeah. and trying to figure out what makes them tick. And, and I think some teachers, though, that might burn some of them out because that energy level is tough to maintain. It absolutely is, which is why... <laughs> Weekends are so important. The summers are important, even though people are learning throughout. Mm-hmm. And we also need to make sure that in our school structures, we're providing the time for educators to either work together or just simply think about their practice. Right. Because the exhaustion comes from just the grind. I mean, five days a week. Yeah. And and people who are listening may be thinking, well, I work five days a week. Right. Absolutely, you do. It's just that it's you're always in preparation mode for and class what's coming. after class after class. And then when he w- didn't have a class, he was monitoring the halls. And, oh, right. and that in itself, he said, was was awful because there's kids that, you know, they're supposed to be in their classrooms and you go, uh, are you supposed to be somewhere? And they're like, yeah, no. Uh. And then then so he literally followed kids to their classroom <laughs> because they weren't going to go. You know, so stuff like that, just yep. that blatant sometimes disregard for uh, authority. I, yeah. And I, and I think that... Um, uh, it it proves what educators know is at the at the center of effective schooling is the relationships between staff and kids. Yeah. And when a substitute, I mean, one of the challenges of being a sub is nobody knows you. And they think they can get by with whatever, <laughs> right? Yeah. Because you're not going to know. No. And so that and it takes time to develop a relationship, yeah. to develop trust, to develop empathy with each other, um, which is what the greatest educators do. Um, right. And so. And which sometimes for great, great, great teachers, 
they're, they're sometimes they're surprised. Like, what's all the fuss about? Yeah, you know, it's like right. why why is, why are people why are you complaining? Yeah, why are people struggling so much? Well, it's because you're you're functioning at a level or you're working at a level that's highly sophisticated, and you've you've invested so much time and energy with these kids that the payoff for that is it's not compliance; it's engagement. They're they're engaging with you as a human being and. Um, Boy, and you know, and if, so if Jeff ever runs his race here at MSU and wants to get full time with maps, we'll get that. We'll <laughs> get him. We will get him in there, and he'll develop those relationships and have a whale of a time. Well, and I think that's what happened. He, you know, he was there for the three weeks, yeah. so he was starting to develop some of those relationships. Yes. And he did have some kids afterwards that came up and said, "You know, thank you, Mr. Pribble." And you know, I, I learned about what whatever, and that was really rewarding. And it, but most substitute teachers are there for a day or two, right. and they're gone. But so he had at least a little time. But I think you're right; it takes that time. Um, but it's it's still, I think it's it's got to be draining. It is, and and so here we are in the middle of April, yeah. and after another quite challenging year. Last year was challenging. the The back half of of 2019-2020 with COVID. Um, our our educators deserve every amount of rest um, that they can get, but also the accolades and the praise of parents and of of their colleagues and of society just for the work they're doing with kids. Um, we saw we've seen great advancements and improvements. Earlier in the year, we t- I think you and I talked about how um, student behavior was really a challenge. Mm-hmm. Kids came back to school different. The routine um, was different. Routine yep. was different, and and our our educators have just worked. Um, nonstop to help teach kids, um, you know, acceptable ways that we're going to function as a community. And so that has gotten better. Um, but it's been a, it's been another challenging year and, uh, we're excited about spring being here. I'm assuming you probably watched as the Minneapolis went through their teacher strikes. Yeah. And I feel sorry for those kids and the teachers who have mm-hmm. to have 42 extra minutes each day yeah. for the next, I don't know how long. Um, and part of that was pay. Part of it was, I think, prep time and that sort of thing. Uh, how are you feeling about how things are going here in Mankato? Are the teachers pretty satisfied? Do you think there'll be need to be some changes made? It's maybe a loaded question. Yeah, so. it's it's a little bit loaded question. Um, I, number one, the, our our respect and admiration for what teachers do every day is um, unwavering. They're they're an incredible group of people. Uh, they're also really tired. Yeah. Um, and it's been an extremely challenging year when it comes to student. Um, student well-being, student health and and behaviors, but then also trying to make sure that we are carving out an appropriate amount of time for our teachers to work together or just prepare for this, this, the, just the, the, the grind of the day-to-day, the day-to-day teaching. And, and so we're, we watched what was going up in Minneapolis really carefully. We're thankful that we've got great relationships with our teachers union. Um, We're all, working on the same level of information, which is we've got to make sure that we can get our enrollments back to a stable and a, and a growing environment because with growing environment, that means we're able to provide op- opportunities for more kids and, and provide more uh, staffing opportunities as well. Um, but we but we can't take that for granted either. Right. That comes from communication, communication. Um, and that doesn't mean administration and teachers always see things eye to eye. Sometimes really tough decisions have to be made about, you know, what classes are going to run and how many you're going to put in a kindergarten section. But uh, at the end of the day, it's the the heart and the heads of our teachers are second to none, and um, we just value them so much. So what are other things going on in the school district maybe that are interesting that people aren't aware of? Yeah, you know, so as we're looking at April, this is a – it's a – it's always a busy time in schools, but it's unique in the spring. Um, If we look at the high school, we were talking about graduation. Mm -hmm. That is – 
all arrows pointing in the same direction to help our students at the senior level finish their career. But it's also really important for the 9th, 10th, and 11th graders to continue to generate these credits. Yes. Um, they want, if, if they're on track, that we got to make sure that we keep them on track to graduate. And um, some students will be signing up for summer school, and they'll be getting those credits that way. But at our K-5, especially at elementary, um, springtime is all about those outside experiences and um, field trips. Sure. Those um, have had to take on a really different look the last few years. And our classes and our teachers and our hopefully our parents here are really excited about getting those things back. So what do you mean? How have they taken a different Well, th- th- so many of the places that uh, kids would go... Um, in the, like let's say to the science museum oh, or okay. to the zoo. We're not or open or that's right. They're shut down, and so now that uh, we're hopefully back to a calmer reality with COVID, um, those things are getting organized, planned, and April and May is a really, really it's a busy time in elementary schools, especially once we get past the testing season, which we're now in those right, those yeah. high stakes MCA tests that. Virtually every grade, not every single grade level, but almost every grade level has taken something in math or reading, sure. um, a little bit of science. and um, so, But once we get past that, uh, it'll things will shift again as we wrap up the school year. And I was incorrect, just so you know, about graduations on June 3rd. Not okay, June that's 2nd. what I was wondering. Cause I, yep. <laughs> thank you for correcting, because I was thinking, like, <laughs> Thursday. I thought it was, yeah. But okay, we, yep, we got that, because we're having a party then on, you know, that weekend. Oh, good. Um, yeah, so, so you know, you talk about those field trips and things. I was thinking about my son, My he's now 14 in ninth yeah. grade. Yeah. He wanted, they went to Mount Cato. He had never skied before, and now go. it is a passion of his. He's on the ski team. He got a letter last year. So, I mean, I think how that impacted and made, enriched his life so much for from that and I know my son Grant well this is through 4-H but like he said I took different projects and I found out geology was my niche and so mm-hmm. that's what I want to do and so that's why I think you know those things are so important where you might not you think oh they're just going to you know, not have to learn day but I think it can have such a, a great impact on them in other ways. I think you're right Karen and, and what we try to remind our principals our staff and as, as we're planning those things everything can be a learning opportunity. And that doesn't mean that a kid has to walk around a park with a clipboard and a worksheet and everything else. But just the, the just the sheer taking in of the experience, um, field trips and those outdoor experiences they they take it a ton of work to plan and the logistics and the transportation and the money and the lunches, and thankfully we have people who look at all of that work that it takes and 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 come to the conclusion yes but the benefit the learning benefit for kids and like like your son have never had never been to mount cato yeah we have hundreds and hundreds of kids who go on these uh adventures that have never been to where they're going to go and it might be their only trip there ever right and, and even i was thinking like jack mcgowan's farm with the history reenactments and on how many kids mm-hmm. that has impacted and science museums just it's just amazing how those things can so, really you know, have an impact yep so the east uh music department just got back from nashville okay west mm-hmm. uh music department just got back from la and as we all know those are the experiences that when you get to be our age <laughs> you and remember you, and you think back i mean i'd love to have people think back to god i remember when I was in Peterson's government class, but <laughs> but what they remember is the bus trip on the right. way to the parade or the basketball game or the robotics tournament. Oh, and, and, and of course, I know East because my, my kids go to East have had so many tournaments. And I mean, when my husband was teaching there, I think he missed four days of, of because they were off on a state basketball tournament or uh 
was music or something. That that was quite a run. Yeah, it was went, a run. They really it was, really, it was re- awesome. Wrestling and swimming yes. and boys and girls hockey and boys and girls basketball. Uh, the principal there, Jeff Deline, um, I had an opportunity <laughs> to drive up to all of those games uh, with him in his truck, and oh. it was great. Like the the kids would win the section tournament, and then he'd text me. Are you ready to go going on Wednesday? Again. Here like, we we're, go. We're going. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it was a great, great run and kind of a fun way to get get through those winter weeks. And uh, and here we are. And now, I tell you, if we can get things dried up outside, um, we got baseball players and softball players and tennis and track and golf. And, I mean, everybody's itching to get outside. And yesterday's weather was a little funky, but uh, it'll dry yeah. up. Oh, it, yeah, and it, it's April, so it'll go up and down, and you know how that goes. Yeah. So. Well, I want to thank you for coming on the show and, and just kind of updating us, and we look forward to graduation coming up and a new year ahead, and hopefully <laughs> things with pandemic will have settled down. But like we know, it can change in a That's right, second. and we'll, uh, we'll respond accordingly. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Paul. Appreciate Thanks, Karen. It.